How many have come to notice that? That when you get older, you appreciate more those older people who have been around and been somewhere and done something and their words. I know that when I got into my 30s, I, I really appreciated more than ever being around my grandfather who served in World War II, who was a veteran, who was a, a great man of God. Him and my father are, are my two heroes in my life of watching their lives and watching them serve God. And uh, I would love to just sit down right here in Denton when I'd come visit from being a missionary, go to that old ugly mall that looks better now, thank God. We'd sit in that mall in the middle right there and sit on a bench, and I would just listen to my grandpa. I would just listen, and, and, and the thing is, is I would listen to stories I'd already heard. Can you say amen? How many, how many wish you could have back your grandma or grandpa this morning to hear those stories again? You'd heard them before, but you get to a place where when you're young, you're kind of bothered, and you almost want to say, Grandpa, I've heard that before. You said that last week, or maybe you said that last hour. But when you get older, you don't say that or think that anymore because what they're saying is a living memory of the many times sacrifices of their lives. And they understand that more. You know, we hear that old story. We're living in a, in a generation that was a great video for, for us today, selfie or sacrifice. We live in a generation of kids that are spoiled in America. And uh, they have everything they could ever want. And we hear the stories when we're younger and as we get old, we hear the stories of them talking about how uh, grandma and grandpa or even your parents told you that they walked 15 miles in the snow to school with the backpack and the cello and no shoes and all those uphill, amen, all those stories that we hear. And we know that many times it's a little far-fetched, but the truth of the matter is they sacrificed. It really was a sacrifice. And I want us to really think about that this morning, just to take in this weekend of Memorial Weekend that everybody, uh, well, not so much this weekend, everybody barbecues and has cookouts, and that's probably not going to happen this week with all the rain. But a lot of people celebrate, a lot of people get drunk, a lot of people do a lot of things just because it's Memorial Day weekend. Hey, three-day weekend. And people are out acting a fool many times and don't even think for a second about the sacrifices men and women gave of their very lives for they could be acting a fool out on the lake or having a party at their house or whatever. And so I want us to think this morning about our salvation and that if it wasn't for men and women sacrificing their very lives, we would not have the gospel this morning. Amen. And get around those people. If you're here in the church and you're a new believer and you're young in the Lord, the best thing you can do is get around some men and women who have been around with the Lord for a while and begin to listen to them. Begin to say, hey, how have you made it so many years in the gospel? Hey, what is it that you have learned that you shouldn't do? Hey, what is it that you've learned that, that you should do? How many are following me? And, and, and pick their brains for some wisdom because experience means something. Joshua chapter 4. Let's read that this morning. If you would, verse 1. Just say amen if you're there. I want to read this story about after Joshua was leading these Israelites out. It says, And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, from one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourself twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. 
And Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. Watch this, verse 6, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, saying, and I want you to underline this in your Bible if you do that, or, or, or with some kind of highlighter, I want you to highlight these verses right here, this verse that says, what do these stones mean to you? Okay, I want you to think about that for a second before we begin to read on, because I'm talking about the sacrifice, Amen. The sacrifice that's been given to us. And I want you to ask yourself this morning, what does Jesus' sacrifice mean to you? I'm always talking and always trying to remind us here in this church about the fact that our walk with God is a what? Personal walk. And that we must have our own personal experience. And part of our own personal experience is learning from the experiences of other people. And we had an awesome testimony service Wednesday night. We had a lot of people sharing what God has done in their lives. And that's an awesome opportunity to see that God is moving in our lives and speaking in our lives. But if you want to make it for God, you've got to have a personal relationship with the Lord. And and the, the stones here, this memorial stone, the sacrifice of Jesus has to mean something to you. You can't go off of, well, man, my mom and dad really love the Lord. Man, my brothers and sisters, man, that person over there, they just love the Lord. Well, do you really love the Lord? What do the stones, what does the sacrifice, what does the cross mean to you personally this morning? Do you remember that sacrifice? Do you, do you ever get too busy where you forget why and how you're saved this morning? That sacrifice Jesus made was a sign, Amen. So what do these stones mean to you? Let's go on. Verse 7. Then you shall answer them. And I'm going to show you some things this morning. Give you a couple of examples that show you as we read on that you can get too busy. Sometimes for God. Okay? Let me just throw this out so I don't forget it later. A memorial is something, as we're seeing here, they're taking these stones and they're saying, God, you did something mighty as they crossed through the Jordan. It was just like when uh, Moses and the Israelites passed through the Red Sea. That thing dried up and they walked over on dry land. So now they're crossing the Jordan and they're able to, they're crossing the Jordan in such a way that they're able to stop in the middle of this Jordan and put stones on the ground. Amen? God is doing a miraculous thing here. And that's a symbol of the, of the stopping Uh, in the transition of our lives where we were headed towards destruction and we met Jesus. And in that meeting of Jesus, we stop and we know that there's a focal point, a date and a time where you met Jesus face to face and you were born again, the Bible says. Amen. And you you became a new creation and everything stopped around you. Watch this for a second. Isn't this an interesting, interesting picture? You're seeing that, that river flowing, that Jordan River flowing, and it was wide and it was deep. And, and, and that's kind of like life just coming and going. It's just crazy. Life is crazy. And all of a sudden, in that moment, that it's called the Kairos moment, that moment when you meet Jesus and you know you're saved, everything stops. Just for a moment. How many wish we could live in the Jordan? 
Amen? Live in there with the water stopped and no problems and no trials and no situations. But it stops for a moment so that we can remember that day. And I, and I challenge you this morning, this thing right here, not to make you feel bad. But if you, and, and you can renew this again if you don't remember. Maybe you were super young and that's fine. But I, I just want to make a point here. I believe you should remember the date, the time, and the place that you got saved. You should remember the date, the time, and the place you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Amen? Because it had to have been something that changed your life forever. And the thing is, is if you don't remember that, you, you might just say, God, can we do this again so I can have a date? Can I please remember? Can you remember, remind me? Or I say that because sometimes there are people, I hope nobody here this morning, maybe listening on the internet, that, that say they're saved but don't really remember the day they got saved. There has to, and I think that that only has to be a place where you were really young because something had to have happened that day that changed. It had to have been a day where you did a 180, amen, and you'll remember that day like it was yesterday. I've been saved this year, and October will be 23 years, and I still remember it like it was last night, amen. I still remember the moment, the hour, the time, the place. I can I, I could I feel that freshness still in my spirit now. And so there's a memorial there that has happened in this river that we all have to remember. And it's a good thing to go back to that place often Amen. and remember the things that happened to you. Remember the things you were saved from. Remember the things you were doing before that you don't do now. And remember the things that God brought you out of. And, and remember how great His mercy is. And remember that if it wasn't for someone witnessing to you, or some preacher preaching to you, or somebody telling you about the Lord, you would not be sitting in this church here this morning right now. You might be in a hospital bed. You might be in jail. You might be in eternity already. But thank God somebody sacrificed their time to tell you about Jesus. And then Jesus came down and met you where you were and gave you a new life. Amen. How many are thankful for that sacrifice? If it wasn't for Jesus going to the cross and finishing the race, don't ever forget. I'm sidetracking here just a moment, but I feel the Lord on this. Don't ever forget that Jesus didn't just come down and snap his fingers like a genie and it was done. He came down into this body. This body that you and I have, a physical, real body. He had real emotions. He had real fears. I almost preached this morning about fear. I'll probably do it tonight or Wednesday or sometime soon. I have a really good message on fear. And, and he had fears. He had inadequacies. He had things that he was going through. And we even know that after all the years of life and all the years of ministry and all the years of healing, we know that moment. Sometimes we need to go back to that moment in the garden. And we need to remember the fact that he told God. He, he looked up to his father and said, Father, if there's another way we can do this. Let's do this different. How many people do you think this morning serving our country get called to go over to Iraq or Iran or Afghanistan and think, man, if there is another way we can do this. Amen, but they go. And Jesus thought about it, man. God, can we do something else? Then all of a sudden he came to his senses and said, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. Thank God for that sacrifice this morning. Thank God he went all the way to the cross. Amen. Thank God he finished. the. Thank God he said those words. It is finished. Amen. He's on that cross. 
They're teasing him and making fun of him and saying, if you are God, come down off that cross. Save your, you've saved others. Save yourself. How many would have saved yourself? Just be honest. I can raise my hand. Amen. I'd have been striking lightning down on people. I'd have came down off that cross. Thank God you and I are not Jesus. Because we would not be saved today. Amen. Thank God it was him. Thank God it was God in the flesh. Amen. Thank God he came to finish what he came to start. And thank God this morning he will finish in us what he has started as well. Amen. If we just remember what he has done for us. Verse 7. Let's read this. Then you shall answer them. Because the answer of the question is, what do these stones mean to you? He says, you'll answer and say, the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan. And the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be a what? Memorial to the children of Israel forever. i got to keep reading on here, but I, something keeps stopping me. And these stones shall be a memorial for the children of Israel forever. I'm going to read here on in just a second more. But I want you to know this morning that the relationship part I was talking about, the personal part I was talking about, is where we have to be very careful. Why careful? Because a memorial can turn into an idol. Church attendance. Because we know it's right and we know it's what we're supposed to do. Tithing, because we know we're supposed to give to the Lord. Praying, because we know we're supposed to pray. What, do, we can do all the things that we do. And there, I've always said that there is a good to that. But when we begin to habitually do what we do out of the fact that we know we're supposed to do it, that can easily turn into an idol. Oh, I didn't get any amens there. It's the truth. Because the relationship says, I do it because I love God. I do it because he first loved me. And I don't get to a place where I wear my wedding ring to this morning and I just look at it every once in a while. And because I look at my ring, I remember I'm married. Come on. We know that that is a, one of the reasons we wear a ring is to remind us and to tell others, amen. But I don't, I don't remember I'm married when I look down at my ring. I don't need the ring to remind me I'm married because I love my wife, amen. I don't have to be with my wife to love her. I don't have to be with her to remember her. I don't have to be with her to think about her. It's the same with God. I don't have to be in church to remember God. I don't have to be reading the Bible to remember God. I don't have to be listening to a worship song to remember God because he's right here. He's in my heart. And that's the place we want to be. That's the place God wants us to be. He likes memorials. They're all over the Bible. He wants us to have that place where we come together and we spend time. This is a place of memorial, but make, be careful that you don't turn the memorial into an idol. Amen. Amen. I just felt led to say that for whatever reason. Let's go on. Verse 8. And the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan as the Lord had spoken to Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. And there they, look at this, and there they are to this day. How many want to be a believer that in 10 years, in 20 years, in 50 years, if the Lord tarries, you're still a believer? Amen. You're still serving God. How many are in this to finish it this morning? 
Amen. I'm not in this for a, for a time. I'm not in this for a season. I've told you before, when I got saved, I had a bunch of basketball aspirations, and my best friend was my biggest cheerleader. Amen. He couldn't play basketball, but he loved it, and he was my biggest cheerleader. And when I got saved, he got mad. Because when I said I was leaving basketball, he got mad. He was angry, and he disowned me as a friend, and he said, this is a phase you're going through. And I've said it before, I'm on my 23rd year of this phase, amen? And I'm not going to quit this phase I'm in right now. How many are in this to finish? Amen. How many are going to remember the sacrifice? What verse do I leave off in? Anybody remember the last verse? So the priests who bore the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people. According to all that Moses had commanded Joshua and the people hurried and crossed over. Do you notice in this verse that we're seeing that Joshua is carrying off what the priests did and the priests were carrying off what Moses did and Moses was carrying, how, how many are seeing the pattern there? We must carry on what has been given to us. Dad said at the offering, Proverbs 22.6, training up that child in the way they should go. We have to pass down what has been passed down to us. Maybe you say, I don't want to pass down what's been passed down to me. Amen? That means you're changing direction and breaking the generational curse. Some of you don't want to pass down to your kids what was passed down to you. So you begin to pass down to them now the word of God. How to live for the Lord. How to do things. Amen. My daughter, I brag on her for a second. Both of my daughters, I can brag on Desi just turned 16. She got some birthday money. And she's sitting there counting her money. And, and let me tell you something. There's nothing that makes you more proud as a father. That as your daughter is counting her money for her birthday, she is figuring out how much she's supposed to give to the Lord as she's counting her money. Amen. That is something that is passed down that you have to teach. Amen. And she'll teach that Lord Terry's to her kids. And that continues to pass on and pass on and pass on. What are you teaching your kids? What are, you, what are the stones in your life? What are the things in your home that are making your kids think, man, I want to live like that? Come on, church. Are you doing things in your house? Are you living a certain way? Are there certain things you watch and don't watch? Is, there, is your house a sanctuary and a place of memorial where your kids are learning things that they can pass down to the Lord? Amen. To their kids, to the people around them. That's, that's what this is talking about. The sacrifice and the memorial. Verse 11, it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over that the ark of the Lord and the priests crossed over in the presence of the people. And the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, the half-tribe of Manasseh crossed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses had spoken to them. About 40,000 prepared for war crossed over before the Lord for the battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. Y'all still reading with me? Verse 15, Then the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Command the priests who bear the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. And Joshua commanded the priests, saying, Come up from the Jordan. And it came to pass, when the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come from the midst of the Jordan, watch this, and the soles of the priests' feet touched the dry land, that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. 
Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And watch this. Those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. Y'all seeing what's happening here? It was left, it was picked up, it was carried, it was taken. It, it's something that we don't drop. Amen. Tell the person next to you, we got a torch this morning. And we got to take it to the next generation. Amen? Set him up in Gilgal. Watch it. We're going to close here in these few verses here. Then he spoke to the children, verse 21, saying, When your children ask their father, fathers in times to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. Father, just for a couple minutes here, Father, let these words just simmer in. God, let these words penetrate our hearts. Lord, anoint the, the words of your word this morning to minister to our spirits, to give us spiritual food this morning. Lord, to help us realize what these stones, what this sacrifice, what this, what this life of, of being saved means to us, Father, so that we can pass it on to others. We thank you for your word this morning. We give you glory for your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. So you see this question here twice. What are these stones? What do these stones mean to you? What are you saying? How are you living? And what are people watching in your life, at work, at school? Not just here in church. It's easy to live for the Lord in church. But how are you living at work? How are you living at school? How are you living when you're not around believers? What are you leaving? What are you showing to other people that is your walk? That's what God is really interested in this morning, is that you're living a life that others can say, man, I want to follow that example. Amen. I want to live like that person lives. But it has to be personal. It has to be real. How many know that people can see through a facade? People can see through a front. You can fool some people, but you can't fool everybody. Amen? And so we need to live a life where we say, God, these stones really mean something to me. God, I really love you. I really thank you that you gave your life for me this morning. And that's why I die to myself every single day. Proverbs 10, 7 says, the memory of the righteous is blessed. Amen? If you, if you passed on this morning, God forbid, however young or old you are, how many want your memory to be of a blessed life? How many want the people at your funeral to tell the truth and not have to lie? Amen. How many want the people at your funeral to talk about what a man or woman of God you were? Amen. This was a person who walked in the faith. This is a person who, who affected my life. That's the kind of life we should be living every day of our lives. Amen. Because these stones mean something to us. This sacrifice means something to me. It says, but the name of the wicked will rot. Will rot. Woo. That's in that same verse. Let me read that again. The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. We, and see, that doesn't mean on this earth. You got people like Elvis Presley who died 50 years ago and he's still famous. Elvis Presley don't mean nothing in hell. Amen. Or heaven. Amen. If he didn't give his life to Jesus. Amen. Come on, church. 
After this life's over, we're talking about what really matters. We're talking about eternity. Amen. The sacrifice that Jesus made is eternal. And I won't forget. I will not forget what Jesus did for me. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Amen. How many know that that Marines thing said the few, the proud, the Marines? We need to be the few, the proud, the real believers. Amen. The blood-bought church. We need to stand up for Jesus this morning. How many believe that there's a remnant of people who are really, really in love with God this morning? Who really want to see something done for the Lord? I'm going to read a story in just a second that, that I have read before, but it just, it just means something this morning. But Deuteronomy 8.11, if you'll just write that down, don't look at it for time, is really what I'm talking about this morning. It says, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments. Amen? That's, that's what we're talking about this morning as we're talking about Memorial Day and we're talking about the soldiers who have given their lives and died. And we know there's a, there's a cemetery there in Washington, D.C. with all those headstones. And they all represent a life that died for a cause. And it's a great cause. It's an amazing cause. It's, we believe this is the greatest nation in the world. We believe that this is a nation that's, that's blessed by God. And we thank God for all the soldiers who gave their lives for it. And those today that are still giving their lives for it. Amen. But even further than that, we're part of the most blessed kingdom in the world and in the universe. And that's the kingdom of God this morning. Amen. How many are part of that kingdom this morning? The kingdom that will not rot. The kingdom that will not die. The kingdom that is eternal. So he says, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. You know what that means to me? If he's telling me beware, it means I can forget. It means I can get too busy with life. It means I can wear a cross around my neck, but forget what Jesus really, really did for me and what Jesus really, really means to me. It says keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I commanded you today. The book of Deuteronomy talks a lot about the fact that God has etched something on our hearts. Amen? That's why we can be different than a lot of Christians and live for the Lord outside of church. Because it's not the church building that saves me. Amen. Amen. I am the church. You are the church. When church is closed today, tonight, tomorrow, and when it's empty, we're still the church. We're the living church. And we take the church everywhere we go because we are the church. And inside of the church is God's word etched on our hearts. Amen. We don't have, it's great to carry a Bible. It's great to do, you don't have to have a Bible in your hand. Jesus is inside of you. Jesus lives inside of you. Amen. He's alive. And the Bible says that that same spirit that raised him from the dead is inside of you. It'll quicken your mortal body. It'll do something amazing for you. I want to tell you a quick story. This is the one that many of you have heard before, but it's so powerful. I wanted to say it again. How many, some of you remember, many of you have not heard it, but everybody knows of the Taj Mahal. Right? Everybody's heard of that? That great building? I want to read a story about it, and this is a true story. Taj Mahal is one of the most beautiful, costly tombs ever built. But there's something very fascinating 
about its beginnings. And I want to, as I read this story, I want you to just really make this personal to your own walk this morning. In 1629, when the favorite wife, meaning he had more than one, of Indian ruler Shah Jahan died, he ordered that a magnificent tomb be built as a memorial for her. Okay? The Shah placed his wife's casket in the middle of the parcel of land where he was going to build this great tomb. He began to construct the temple literally around this tomb, literally around this casket. Several years into the venture, the Shah's grief for his wife gave way to a passion for the project. Let me say that again. Passion for the project. That's important to remember. One day while he was surveying the site, he reportedly stumbled over a wooden box. And he had some workers throw it out. It was months before he realized it was his wife's casket he had thrown out. Think about that. We can get so busy with the work of God that we forget who we're working for. We can get so busy with the knowledge up here of who Jesus is that we don't even spend any time with him. Think about that. He built the memorial of the Taj Mahal for his wife and forgot about her. Think about that. Is that that getting into your minds? Isn't that amazing? That's the reason that he built. And listen, I'm not trying to be negative this morning, but I believe there's a whole lot of churches around this world that have been built in the name of Jesus Christ. But if Jesus walked into that building, they wouldn't even recognize him. They wouldn't even know he was there and he wouldn't even feel welcome because it's become so religious and so man-made. And somebody's going to get excited about this because I hope that that's not us and I hope that that's not you, amen. Jesus is alive. He's real, and it's not about the building. It's not about the place. It's about the the life and the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And he goes where I go. Amen. Amen. He goes with me when I leave this building. Praise God. Amen. There's been some big churches built. And you can get so busy. And it don't have to be a big building. You can get so busy with life, you can forget what really matters. I talked about marriage a second ago. You can be so busy with life, you forget you're married. You can, you, can, you can get to a place where you're passing like ships in the night at the house. And you can get to a place where you really aren't a married couple in love with each other. You're just uh, um, roommates. Thank you. You're just roommates. Oh, it's quiet in here. I don't think I struck a nerve. I wasn't trying to. Amen. The original purpose for the memorial was lost in the details of the construction of the Taj Mahal. This is real stuff. Hey, let's go on a date. Hey, let's go sit down and talk. Hey, let's spend some time together. Lord, I'm going to turn off the TV and talk to you. Lord, I've been too busy. I've gotten so busy doing your work. You know, I can do that as a pastor. I can be so busy doing his work that I don't spend any time with him. I can be so busy counseling, talking to other people, uh, preparing for a message that I don't spend time with the Lord. You can be so busy with the ministry. You can be so busy trying to, trying to witness, trying to do all these things that you get to where you're doing it as a religious act instead of an act of love. 
How many know this goes into all the facets of our life? John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. Would you lay your life down for the gospel this morning? Revelations 14, 12, as I'm closing, says, Here's a call for the endurance of the saints. Those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. Let me read that again. Here's a call for the endurance of the saints. Those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. How many know if he's telling us not to forget his commandments? He's telling us not to walk away from the commandments that we can. We can forget the commandments. Amen? We can forget. We can get so busy with life that we forget what God is for us, what he means to us. There's another story that went hand in hand with this one that I read, and again, this might sound familiar to some of you. Some of you might not have heard it. How many of there's a lot of persecution going on around the world for Christians? We know ISIS is killing like crazy, but it's not just that. There's, there's persecution going on. I've mentioned this before. Many people don't realize that more martyrs have died for Jesus Christ this century than any other one in all the centuries together since Jesus rose from the dead. This is the generation of persecution that the church has never seen before. In 1885, over 150 years, or close to 150 years ago, there was three Christian boys in, in Uganda. You know, we look sometimes at a nation. We look at a country and we see the problems and we see uh, the, 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 the lack and we see the poverty. But many times we don't hear these kind of stories on CNN or Fox News. We don't hear the good stuff, amen? As people are dying today and people are, are shedding blood all over the world, there's people who are standing up for Jesus. There's people who are living a godly life for the Lord. Amen. There's people who are not ashamed of Jesus. But that stuff don't get on the news. And in Uganda, there was three Christian boys that the king of Uganda had ordered that there would be an arrest of these boys because it was trying to stamp out Christianity. Now, I stopped there for a second. I want to be living a life so strong that I would need to be stamped out. Amen. Amen. How many want to be living that kind of life? Amen. Man, y'all are deader than a doorknob this morning. Amen. I feel you, brother. I feel you. How many want to live a life that, you're not, that you want to get stamped out? Oh, I don't want to get stamped out. I don't want to die. Lord, take me home right now, Father. I'll die for you right now. Amen. Amen. To live is Christ, to die is gain. If you don't get something challenging you in your spirit this morning, you might have gone from a memorial to an idol. Don't make me start preaching at you. I was trying to be nice. I've been nice in this message. But if you shake yourself up a little bit and say amen every once in a while, I'll go easy. Come on. Let me ask that question again. Maybe you didn't get to understand it. How many would like to live a life so powerful for God that you, the devil would try to take you out? And if you say, no, I don't really want that, then you need to ask yourself if you're saved. What are you doing? What are you doing? We should be wanting, I'm not saying we want to die. I'm not saying, hey, come slit my throat. I'm not saying that. Amen. I got a family and wife and kids. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying I want to be living a life where the devil knows my name. Amen. I'm doing something to impact the kingdom of heaven. And these three young boys, you say, oh, I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too that. Three young boys were doing something so powerful that the king of his country said, we got to get these boys out. Modern day Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Modern day, even though it was 100 years ago. 
The oldest one was 15 and the youngest was 11. His name was Yusufu. They held a, their faith and staked their lives on it in a time of great trial. Though people were weeping and their parents were pleading with them, it was like, it was like a decree of, of the time of Daniel. And at the place, they had already been caught and they were going to be executed. At the place of execution, listen, they sent a message to the king. This is a true story. Tell his majesty that he has put our bodies in the fire, but we won't be long in the fire. Soon we shall be with Jesus, which is much better. But ask him to repent and change his mind, or he will land in a place of eternal fire and desolation. Amen. How many want to be that person that as you're going out, you're still preaching the Bible? Amen. You're still preaching Jesus. You're still preaching the truth. Amen. You might as well. Amen. You're going to die anyways. You might as well go out preaching. Amen. If they're going to take your life anyways, start saying Jesus as you go. Amen. Jesus is, they're saying repent or your life will be a place of eternal fire and desolation. See, that's the truth. They sang a song which is now, listen, well-loved in Uganda as the martyr's song. One verse says, Oh, that I had wings like the angels. I would fly away and be with Jesus. Little Yusufu, the 11-year-old, said, Please don't cut off my arms. I won't struggle in the fire that takes me to Jesus. That day, at the sacrifice, at the death of those children, they did die at that sacrifice. Forty adults came to Jesus the day the boys died. This was a new kind of life which fire and torture could not control. Amen? But that's not the end of it. There's a memorial today near Kampala where these youngsters are remembered as the first Christian martyrs in Uganda. Two, by two years later, in the, first, in the end of the first decade of the church, hundreds had died for their faith. There were martyrs out of every village that had believers. They were only beginners. They knew little theology. Some could barely read. See, that's the kind of stuff that shows me that this is not about what you know up here. It's about who you know right here. Amen? It's not about theology. You might not understand this whole Bible. You might not get it all together. But get the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And he loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. And he has washed you in his blood this morning. And if you put your faith in him, you are going to live forever in heaven. In his presence. Where there's no weeping, no crying, and no pain. Amen. Amen. The value of living and living eternally had been discovered. They were not hugging their lives. They were ready to give them for Jesus. Listen, we're in a day. We're in a day right now, church. We still haven't felt it strong, but we've had little tremors, like what happened in Garland a couple weeks ago. Amen. We've had those little, the, 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 the attacks are there. The, the words are there. I'm not, this isn't a scare tactic message, but the truth is that they're saying they're coming. Come on. They're saying they're coming to our country. They're already all over the place. Torture, persecution, whatever. We're not looking for it. We're not searching for it. But let me tell you something. Are you ready this morning to give your life for Jesus? Are you ready to sacrifice your life for Jesus? Ask yourself that question. Amen? Amen. Musicians, you can come this morning.
the sacrifice. What, so did somebody write down the name I get to the title of the sermon? Something about sacrifice. Thank you. Remembering. I knew I was missing a word. Remembering the sacrifice. You know what? That takes work up here. I'm not going to let a day go by that I don't remember what Jesus did for me. I'm not going to take, let a day go by that I don't remember to tell someone Jesus loves you. Someone else needs to know. Amen. Let me, let me see your hand this morning. If somebody personally witnessed to you about Jesus that led to your salvation. Let me see your hand. Okay. So if someone did that for you, you need to do that for someone else. Okay. Don't ever forget that that's what passing the torch is. That's what remembering the memorial is. That's what putting those stones in the ground is. Listen, we are, 2 Corinthians says, a living stone. We're living. That means, that means you take that story in the Old Testament, you bring it to the New Testament, and that stone is us. That's us. We are that stone. And on us has been etched in our heart a relationship with Jesus. This is where sometimes the message can get stuck between here and the chair. Is somebody has to grab it. Somebody has to have a revelation in their spirit. And you have to ask yourself, God, do we have a relationship? Is our relationship good? Am I in love with you? 